Thanks for being here on episode 246. How often have you said, I'm just stuck, or I've tried to change, but I can't, or it's just too hard? All of these lines are relevant to today's episode because I talk about the way your brain works, how you can change the structure of your brain, and why new habits take a while to put into place. The good news is that your brain was actually designed for change, so if you want to get out of the rut that you're in to play the game of life the smart way, then this is how. Let's dive in. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. Hey, what's up, my healthy friends? Glad that you are here with me in your ears and we're doing this together because uh, we're talking about changing habits, but more from a body and brain standpoint rather than, you know, what actually happens in physical reality. Because we like we all like the idea that like, oh, yeah, just change your habits. But we need to understand how the previous habits are embedded in our brain and in our body and in our identity in order to be able to rebuild them in another way. Because believe it or not, even though when we talk about this kind of mind stuff, and a lot of people, when we hear the word mindset or behavior change or habits, a lot of people start to get their back up and think, oh, this is woo-woo. Maddie's talking about more woo-woo shit. But the reality is, and I, I continue to learn this throughout my journey as a scientist, is that a lot of the things that we're learning about that were considered once woo-woo are now being found and measured and discovered using scientific tools. And so the way that I think of it is that woo-woo is just the yet-to-be-explained stuff that we don't yet understand tangibly or from a measurement standpoint. The point of me having this conversation is trying to take some of the woo-woo out of the woo-woo and put it into some of the tangible for people. Um, and in order to be you know, able to change your behaviors over time and be a part of that kind of situation, you need to understand yourself, the body, your experience, and therefore what exists now and what you want to create in the future. Because in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so that they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. And you actually can't achieve any of this if you don't know how to rewire your habits and rewire the pathways that exist in your brain. Now, I'm going to refer to the brain as the hub of thought, but there are many different opinions on the idea that your mind is the body or your body is the mind um, or that the brain is the body and we've got a brain in our gut and a brain in our heart and there's conversations that happen between the head brain and the heart brain. And for the sake of this little podcast, uh, we're just going to talk about the brain as the hub of thought and ideas and patterns that then sends it out to the body. So what, what I want you to think about is, um, so you've got the brain, this is the center, this is like the power plant of all of the thought neural activity, and it sends the information out to the body. Uh, and it does that via neurons. And so neurons are basically the train tracks and the thoughts and impulses travel along those train tracks and go where they need to go, whether it be to move your hand to pick up a cup, whether it be to trigger a hormone release in your body in response to a stressful situation, whatever goes on in your body, it's usually facilitated in some way, if not completely, but in some way by a neurological messaging system that goes along these pathways via electrical impulses and salt concentration gradients that go through these long processes that happen extremely rapidly. Like they happen so quickly. It's why when somebody says boot, you react like instantly. So the body is insanely impressive that it can take all of the information and the data that has happened in the last 
tenth of a second and have a full body reaction. It's actually incredible when you think about how complex the body is and all of the different hormones and molecules and toxins and different things that are in the body that this is how it works. Now, there's this idea about neuroplasticity, which is the ability of the brain to change the structure and function of its response or in response to an experience. Um, And so with a lot of our belief systems and our habits, they're deeply ingrained, so deeply ingrained that we actually often don't know why they exist. We just refer to them as habits. I speak to clients all the time and it's like, why do you do that? And they're like, I don't know, it's just a habit. It's so deeply embedded that it's just this automation, right? It's just this absolutely automated thing. Now, what happens when we've got automated habits or we do anything on repeat is that the neurons in our body, uh, essentially the train tracks, they get stronger. They get stronger and stronger because we're, we're, it's like going to the neurological gym, right? Is that if you go to the gym physically and you just do bicep curls with your left arm for 10 years, you're going to have an epic bicep on your left arm, but not your right arm. So it's the same when we use these thought, thought patterns in our brain, these neurons that facilitate going to McDonald's or facilitate um, you know, smoking or drinking or using sugar to cope with emotions, those neurons just get stronger and stronger and thicker and thicker because we're doing that left arm bicep thing. And then whenever we go on a diet or a lifestyle change or we're encouraged to change our behavior in the direction of trying to heal a disease or heal a situation or heal a relationship, then we're literally trying to move that dumbbell over to the right arm and start building up this muscle. The problem is that most people dive in the deep end and they've never worked out their right bicep. So they actually go to the 100 kilogram dumbbell and pick it up and try and do it. And they might they might get one out with a little bit of help from the left hand. Um, and then they either tear their bicep, aka they give up, um, or they just can't lift it at all and they just go back to where they started, right? So I want you to think about this in regards to your neurons because when you're trying to formulate new habits, it's the same idea as trying to pick up the dumbbell with your right hand, a really heavy dumbbell with the right hand. Now, this is exactly why um, functionally in the brain, I believe the one tweak a week method, which I talk about all the time, is incredibly important because instead of trying to change everything on day one and go to the 100 kilos on day one, we actually want to go all the way to the other end of the dumbbell rack and we want to pick up the one, two, three kilo, five pound dumbbell and start there with just a couple of reps. And then we want to put it back on the shelf, right? And it's the same with the thoughts and habits that are deeply embedded in our brain. If we're trying to create new neurons and new train tracks, then we're in a situation where we've got, in some instances, absolutely nothing. There's no neuron or no neural pathway there. It's just an idea or a possibility of a neural connection. And so we have to first create this neural connection and we can do this because we can create a different experience and we can give different meanings to different experiences, which is the idea of neuroplasticity because then it changes the physical structure of the brain and your neural pathways. And so this is how we want to build a habit. We want to do it slowly. We want to do it progressively because we don't have the security and the comfort of these really strong, thick neurons that have been, that we're so used to with the habits we've got previously, which is why when we have a stressful situation, we fall off the AKA bandwagon, right? We all say, oh, I've fallen off the bandwagon. It's gone up shit creek without a paddle. And really what's happened is that the lack of uh, familiarity, the lack of structure in the physical brain doing these behaviors feels so uncertain and so unsafe that we're just like, oh, I'm going back to the train tracks over there. They were solid. There was loads of concrete. They were bolted to the ground. Everything felt really good, even though I know tangibly that doing those behaviors leads to my obesity or leads to my cancer or leads to my diabetes or leads to the perpetual 
um, dissatisfaction with my relationship. So the thing to remember is that as we build these uh, new neurons and these new habits that are traveling along these new sort of fragile train tracks over here when we're building the right bicep up, because, you know, the left one's been pretty looked after after the last 10 years and hasn't really produced the result that we want, is that we want to slowly build the structure of these neurons so that they too can become solid and reliable and bolted into the ground and really, really thick. And the good thing is, in the brain, it's kind of this idea, especially as we get older, if you don't use it, you start to lose it. Um, And I'm sure we've all been around parents and grandparents where that has become very evident. And so what we can actually do is that we've got this massively oversized left bicep over here, is that slowly over time, that will start to shrink, which means the power of that habit that you've got in your life and the power of it that it has over you will start to reduce. And so that's good because we're going to build what we need to build whilst also slowly dismantling the things that are unhelpful about our lives. And this has to be a one tweak a week strategy in order for you to transform over time, right? And as these neurons build up on the side of the habits that you want to create that are helpful, you know, that what's happening basically is the, the neuron itself is being wrapped in a thing called the myelin sheath. And the sheath is like the um, when you've got an electricity cable or a power extension cable, you know, the actual wire is inside of it, but it's wrapped around a rubber plastic type material that insulates it. And the myelin sheath insulates it, right? And so we want more and more insulation on this, which essentially adds rigidity to that neuron so that it gets stronger, more powerful, it can take a heavier load, it can take more pressure without breaking and without defaulting to our previous behaviors. And the, the thing that to mention too is that all the decades and decades of low-fat marketing is that uh, your, your neurons and your brain are significantly made up of fat, of lipids, right? And specifically the myelin sheath that wraps up that train track so that you can build a new habit is sphingolipids, which is a particular type of fat that we have in the body, right? And so we want to be able to build this myelin sheath. We want to be able to build these train tracks as we slowly dismantle the other ones. We can't do this quickly because we feel so unfamiliar, right? Uh, And so This is what we need to do physically in the brain. And the way that we can do this in physical reality is basically by writing huge lists of of, uh, ideas that support our behavior change so that we can start adding meaning and significance to the reason we're trying to develop this habit. And another way is that I want you to become aware of the things that you do that are uncomfortable, right? And that aren't feeling amazing. And I want you to start changing your behavior during that, right? So and a little example as well might be that you might be in the middle of something that sucks or you feel like you fail. And I want you to just laugh. I want you to force yourself to laugh, right? And doing this type of thing over time is going to rebuild this means and the programming that is involved within this type of habit. And it will help build a different variation of the habit, right? So what I want you to take from this episode is basically to start applying this is to one tweak a week is essential. And to remember that we need to start building habits in a small way over time. And physically in the brain, you're actually rebuilding a new neural pathway. But the point is, neuroplasticity is possible for your entire life, right? You don't get old and stuck in your ways. That's a belief system. People's brains can grow and learn until the day they die. And you are more than capable of actually changing your habits from the ones that suck and that are putting you into an early grave to ones that will extend your life and change your life in a way that will lead to an extremely fulfilling and satisfactory life experience. 
that is within your grasp and within your hands and you can choose to do that every single day. It doesn't mean the choice isn't going to be difficult and it doesn't mean you won't fall off the bandwagon. But what it does mean is that rewiring who you are and how you show up in the world is totally possible as long as it happens one step at a time. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, Share it with a friend, share it with anybody that you think will benefit. I love you being here and I'll catch you on the next episode. See ya. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.